Hello, and welcome to the Government Digital Service Podcast. My name is Laura Stevens, and I'm a creative content producer at GDS. And like last month's episode, this one will also be recorded via Hangouts as we're all remote working now. So today we're going to be talking about Gov.UK Notify. This is the government's messaging tool which allows teams across the public sector to send out text messages, letters and emails to their users cheaply and easily. It sent its first notification in May 2016 and this month Gov.UK Notify reached a milestone and has sent out 1 billion messages. Notify gets critical information to people that need it. It's used by local councils, health organisations, central government departments, fire services and many other public sector bodies and it's used for a diverse range of services including flood alerts, blue badge notifications, doctor appointment reminders, and informing prison wardens of their rotors, to name a few. So to tell me more is Pete Hurley. So please could you introduce yourself, what you do here at GDS and your role on Notify? Yes, I can, Laura. So um, I, yeah, I'm Pete. I work on the Notify team. I help them out. Um, I'm a product manager. I've been at GDS um, since the beginning. I haven't, I haven't made parole just yet. I've worked a lot on a number of platforms in GDS, so publishing platform GovUK, uh, register to vote, uh, petitions, and uh, more recently, well, I say more recently, uh, my my latest gig is on Notify, which we've been doing now for just over four years. And we started with uh, literally two people. We're now um, eleven, and yeah, my role on that is just to help and support that team to deliver what is GovUK Notify. And why was Notify set up four years ago? Well, there's a story there. So Notify was one of the solutions that came out of something called the enabling strategy, which was a piece of work GDS did. The, the reality behind that piece of work was uh, we needed to figure out as an organization what we could do to help the rest of government do what they do. Um, and so there was a, a bunch of stuff going on. We looked at various different kind of common problems across government that we wanted to solve. And that that was kind of where the, the whole government as a platform uh, program emerged um, during that time. And one of the problems uh, we wanted to solve was keeping people informed. And we, we learned very quickly that we probably didn't need a status tracking application, um, but what we needed was a notifications platform. And the reckon was, which we did soon validate very quickly, was that if we could kind of just tell people what we knew as soon as we knew it we didn't have to wait for them to get anxious enough to jump on a website and look and you know sign in and see where the thing was at so it might have saved or it would have solved our problems with regards to you know the cost of running contact centers and all of that avoidable contact but it wouldn't really have helped um, our citizens or end users as much and so we we fairly early on validated that and pivoted from a status tracking uh, application to a notifications application. And can you talk about some of the some of the service teams that use it? Like who uses it and what do they use it for? Well, we we have now what's the number about it's around two and a half thousand service teams now using, which is a lot. I think when we started, um, <laughs> someone there was an external consultancy that did a little bit of work for us, and they thought there were, there might be eighty services that would use it, and we were like, okay, cool, that's a good number to aim at, but uh it's a it's a different it's a completely different profile actually from what we envisaged we thought at the start there'll be you know a bunch of really big services using it and that will be like where the bulk comes from and then we, we kind of quickly learned that there was a really really long tail of smaller service teams that uh, and many that we we don't even recognize as being a service necessarily when we started who are really going to get the most benefit out of it 
so the big teams might save money and then we'll get a better product but they probably would have done something anyway and whereas the rest of them maybe just wouldn't enter the space of digital comms in this way and so they benefit massively from from notify so the types of teams i mean you just you went ran through a start uh, a bunch at the start there so we do have um nearly as many service teams in local government using it uh, as we do in central government and an increasing number um, in the NHS as well. Obviously, events of uh, this year have seen like massive surges in, in uptake from all of those sectors. For examples of things, we're doing a bunch of messaging for the COVID services or the support and advice that the NHS is providing to the extremely vulnerable. That's all going through Notify. Uh, all of your test results are going through Notify as well. We've got a huge amount of like business continuity messaging. So a council telling the staff where and when they need to go to do work or changes, uh, changes to opening hours or that sort of thing. We do passport application progress updates, flood alerts, global travel alerts. I mean, there are, every service is slightly different and that's kind of the point. So yeah, two and a half thousand of them, 650 organizations, I think, across the public sector. And, you know, there's still a, a lot more out there who hopefully one day will be using Notify. And I also um, was reading um, on God.uk, there was a press release put out which said Notify is on track to save taxpayers an average of 35 million a year over the next five years. When you when it started, did you think you'd be making those sort of savings um, Yeah, to the taxpayer? Um, we were hopeful. We knew that the, the return on investment for something like Notify was massive because, you know, a text message that costs you one and a half pence versus a phone call that costs you five pounds, that doesn't take many phone calls to be avoided to, to make a good case. And I remember doing a presentation at uh, the GDS Sprint, six, Sprint 16, the orange one was very orange. And one of the, one of the slides on that uh, was that one in four calls to government is someone just asking for an update. It costs a lot of money to run a contact center and the government deals with literally tens of millions of phone calls a year. So if we can knock out a quarter of those by investing in a, a small team doing notifications, then there's gonna be some some massive savings. Um, and I thought, um, as well as hearing from you about um, from the sort of product point of view, we also wanted to hear from one of the users. So we interviewed Sylvia Grant, who's the lead user researcher at the environmental agency who works on the flood warning service, which uses Notify. My name is Sylvia Grant. I'm a senior user researcher for DEFRA and I work on an environment agency project called the Flood Warning System. We are replacing that currently and the new project name is called the Next Warning System. So we've deliberately dropped the flood from that. And what, can you explain a bit more about that service? What does it do? Yes, so the Environment Agency has been sending out flood warnings since 1996. It's a category one responder and it has the responsibility for issuing these messages to the citizen and people who are at risk of flooding. Uh, so what the system does is we send out these texts, these emails, we have this information on GovUK, and it's all about warning people that uh, flooding in the area is likely or is happening. And how does that system use gov.uk notify? Um, so at the moment, we have over 500,000 user accounts registered to our service. Uh, and we use notify to send letters and texts. And 
We send them letters to tell them when it has registered, that we update their account details, changes to the service, that sort of thing. Um, and obviously also for our texts. And how does that translate into the amount of notifications being sent to the people? And obviously this must change year and year depending on the flooding and depending on the weather and everything. Yeah. Uh, well, so since we moved across to Notify in December 2018, we've sent uh, over four and a half million texts and uh, close to 10,000 letters. So those are big numbers for us. How does having Notify help you get the information to the people that need to hear it? Uh, well, first of all, it's, it's quicker. Um, so it's simpler and quicker and cheaper for us to use Notify. So we can send, in, in terms of letters, for instance, we can send them daily rather than weekly. Uh, we have much more freedom around content changes. Uh, we can test those changes. So it's, it's saving us a lot of that admin time uh, and costs as well. Uh, and because it's a very stressful scenario for our users, it's quite, again, high emotion, high stress, high impact scenario that we send these letters and these um, texts in. Um, it's, it's very important for us to get it right and to, you know, for the process to be as slick as possible. And I think Notify uh, really helps us do that. So this is a really important service because there are there's 2.6 million properties at risk of flooding. So what sort of information um, is being sent out through Notify? Yeah, that's right. So uh, in England, the estimate is between one in five, one in six homes in England are at risk of flooding. And obviously that figure is growing because of climate change and a number of other factors. So it's in some cases when we issue severe flood warnings, those are warnings uh, where there is danger to life. So those can be... Uh, very serious. Uh, but overall, uh, the flood warning service aims to save uh, lives and livelihoods. So yes, overall, quite a high impact service. Um, and how much would this, do you have an estimate on how much it's saving uh, money wise for the Environment Agency? Yes, so I just got the figure off the team. And it's saved in the last two years that we've been using it approximately, save the taxpayer at least £150,000. So that's uh, letters, a text, running costs, everything. But as you're saying, you're working on um, like a high impact service um, that has to get out messages quickly um, and which has a yeah an impact, a big impact on people's lives. Does having something like Notify in place sort of allow you to then have the space to do other things because you know that that's there, that's just going to work, and you can then focus on other thick part of this, of this quite emotional and high impact service. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's quite a long, for our users, it's quite a stressful time receiving those alerts or those warnings. And when they pick those up, we, we need to make sure that they arrive instantly, that they say the right things. Uh, and using a central government platform makes sure that we have that extra accountability that we really need um, for sending these out. And um, yes, as well, that, that has given us a lot more space for actually focusing on things like um, the content of the message. So it's been overall uh, positive under, under all spheres. So uh, it's easy to use, it's uh, intuitive, it's reliable, it's transparent. So uh, if ever there is an issue with it, we are notified instantly. Um, and again, the Notify team has been really responsive with feedback 
So whenever we have had requests or issues, uh, there's been a fantastic service on their part. Um, how do you plan to use Notify in the future that in your product? Okay, so as our um, system gets replaced, the flood warning system into what we call the next warning system, we anticipate to use Notify even more. So we're planning to send um, confirmation codes to uh, users who sign up to the service on their mobiles. So that is a, it's a step forward in, in terms of security for us. And it's again, a cheaper um, journey. And for the user, it's, it's a two-step journey rather than a four or five steps. So um, we've been testing that with the user and it's, it's very positive response. Yeah, is that, is that how you imagined Notify would be being used? Uh, I don't think we clocked Notify being used to um, protect life um, necessarily when we started out, but we, we did get um, or start working with, with Environment Agency fairly early on, So so which was great because what that meant was we had this use case that we could point at and, you know, internally to say, look, this is really crucial. This, is, this isn't just about getting a passport update quicker or you know, these kind of things, this, this is literally a life-saving message. And that, that allowed us to focus the right kind of energies on our resilience and, and make sure that we got what we needed because we can't not be there, right? Like if we're sending these, this kind of message and we have been working with them for a while and um, they're a great team. Uh, they, they blog a lot about what they're doing, which is fantastic and very cool. Was there anything else in the clip that particularly stood out to you? Yeah, I think there's two things. So one is letters, because I think people think of text messages and emails and forget that letters is a, is a thing for notifying. I don't forget, but it's less well understood. And when we started, like back in 2016, we were like, letters is probably a thing just because we need to offer a kind of full palette of comms options. And for some people, they need a letter or they prefer a letter digitally excluded, whatever it might be. They'll have legitimate reasons. Some of them are legally required, for example. And we only, we kind of stumbled over letters or not stumbled over. We, we confirmed our letters <laughs> when we were doing our, um, these, these tours of the application processing tours sounds really grand, doesn't it? But, uh, we'd sit with the team. One of the things they would do is they would like finish preparing an application receipt or confirmation of decision or whatever it was going to be. And then they'd press print and they'd select the printer and they'd walk over, join a queue. Someone would yell out, stop printing. I need to put in the letterhead paper, you know, and then we're like, Oh, this, this, this must be very expensive. It then goes from the printer by folding it up into an envelope. The envelope goes into a tray. Someone comes around in the afternoon with a trolley and picks them all up. And we thought, whoa, there's got to be a better way of doing letters. And that was real early confirmation that if we could, if we could make it easy for teams to do letters, we, we could save, help them save huge amounts of money and time. You know, the, the amount of time that people were just standing around waiting for the printers and things like this. And if that could just be a click, it's like, great. And they can do lots more good things with their time. So, so that was, um, that was one thing that was really interesting. The second is around the um the real-time content changes so one of the problems i guess we were trying to solve was often these things are like hard-coded and you need a developer 
and you need to pay a change request fee to your external supplier to update a typo even in a letter or change a URL in, a, in an email or something like that. And we, we really wanted not only to make it easier to do that in real time, but also to allow the interface to be used by like a content designer or a comms person. So, so they could be involved in shaping the messages themselves in real time, not just preparing it in a Word doc that goes around for sign off by committee and then is handed over to a development team to, to implement. So we, we really tried to bring those roles into the team and, you know, we were hearing horror stories about people paying tens of thousands just to change a few letters or including extra things because they couldn't change a letter and saying, please ignore this section of the, you know, these kind of like horror stories you hear about. So it, that was one of the um, important bits for us to get real time content changes in an accessible way into Notify and, and um, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad to hear they're using it well as well. We also have a clip from the Canadian Digital Service, which is Canada's version of GDS. Notify is obviously used across uh, the UK um, in the public sector, but how has Notify also been used around the world? So we've worked with a number of teams actually around the world. Uh, some we've shared patterns with, others we've shared um, our open source code with. And we, as of today, I think there are two notifiers being used in anger, one in Australia uh, through the DTA, the Digital Transformation Agency. It's basically the, the Aussie version of GDS. Uh, they were the first um, and they forked the notify code maybe about a year and a half, two years ago now. And they're now running that for the Australian government. Um, they've you know taken the code, they then iterated on top of it to, to add things that are unique and special to them. The Canadian Digital Service are also running a version of Notify and that's growing quickly. Uh, it's growing quicker than we did when we started, so yay for them. But um, those are the two that are being used at government level. I have to say there's a lot of people just pick stuff up from blogs or from Twitter or whatever, rather than you know any kind of like formal introductions to to the product so yeah it's a, it's a great product very proud that others have have picked up the code base and are running with it we continue to work with those teams speak to teams like code for america who are doing great stuff in the states we've had a few kind of all team um kind of web catch-ups with the canadian team and the americans to show and tell really about what they're doing enhancements they've made things that they'd like to contribute back um, so we've got a good little community going on, which is fantastic. Yeah, a uh, very nice international community. And uh, <laughs> we're going to hear from Brian Willey, who's a product manager at Notify at the Canadian Digital Service. So my name is Brian Willey. I'm a product manager here at CDS, the Canadian Digital Service. And I am the product manager for Notify a uh, piece of software, open source software we took from uh, gov.uk. Sorry, the, is that my cat or your cat? <laughs> I don't think, I don't have a cat, so it's not my cat. <laughs> She's meowing outside the door. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, and yeah, would it be fair to say for UK listeners, the Canadian Digital Service is Canada's version or the equivalent of GDS over there? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can basically has similar initials. So the Canadian Digital Service was made with both GDS and uh, the American 18F group in mind. And could you describe um, what uh, the product you manage is Notify? So Notify is a uh, email platform. While we're using predominantly as an email platform, it also does SMS. I know that yours does letters, but we're not there yet. Um, we're predominantly using it for email 
and it helps the Canadian government sort of send email messages from a centralized location to the public, um, something that the Canadian government's only been able to do with Outlook servers and traditional email servers before. Notify allows us to have this cloud at cost uh, system that can deploy emails very quickly to uh, anyone who wants to use a service, whether that's an API integration to connect up to automatic reply when somebody submits an application, or if it's a, a newsletter that goes out that people sign up for. Um, and it's been very helpful in sort of building any of those systems because in the past we've had to go procure an individual cloud email vendor for each solution we built. Notify allows us to centralize all that, procure, secure, and say, yeah, this one thing is now what we use for email. And so we don't have to go through the process of procuring it every time. And that's been exceedingly helpful. And how's it going? Because I see, I looked on our dashboard, and now 22 services are using Notify and more than 740,000 notifications have been sent. Yeah, well, we think it's going pretty well. The growth has been faster than we had expected. Um, the current crisis has something to do with that. Uh, it's definitely upped our volume more than it, it would have been. Uh, the 22 live services, it's a mix of uh, how much they're getting used. Some are small, more prototypey services that do things like password reset emails. Whereas some of our more recent ones uh, include a uh, subscription newsletter for Health Canada to combat COVID-19 misinformation. So I saw uh, your blog post on the CDS blog from November 2019, and in it you said, um, this, meaning your Notify tool, isn't something we built entirely from scratch. Using open source code from the hugely successful Gov.uk Notify service created by GDS in the UK, our team is adapting it to fit within our context in English and French, both of Canada's official languages. So I wanted to talk about like what were the user needs for Canada and how was that similar to the user need over here? And yeah, how were you able to adapt what had been done over here? Yeah, so much in the same way I imagine GDS discovered this problem. We had a lot of government services that were communicating to people by mail and phone and the people would rather just get an email, you know, then they don't have to sit around and wait for a phone call. And when we were building services early in CDS, we discovered this and we'd be setting up email for each one of these services. So after doing this two, three times, CDS said, we should really just make this so we can have it every time. Because we're not also not the only ones looking for this. The government of Canada is moving to more cloud-first strategy. And as such, they've identified the needs for email notifications in a bunch of services. So we forked uh, not just gov.uk notify, uh, the DTA in Australia also had a copy of Notify that they had modified a bit from yours. And we looked at uh, both of those and evaluated them and, and we forked GDS Notify because we wanted to be able to get uh, your upstream security changes and stuff and pull them down into our repo. Um, and the Australian one was uh, merged into a big mono repo, which gave us less flexibility with the code. So Forking the GDS one was a great idea to sort of like prototype and, and see what we had to work with because this was already a solution to the problem we'd found. And we then had to, we liked it, so we modified it to Canada. Some of the first things we did was, of course, update SMS to Canadian phone numbers, um, add time zone support in so that the logs and stuff functions across more than one time zone. Um, we had to uh, pull apart the whole UI and translate it. Uh, into French because Canada is two official languages. And so it's been uh, a bit of an overhaul for that. And that's been a lot of our, our major work. And we've also had to sort of uh, modify the branding system a bit because again, two official languages means two official government brands, one in English and one en Francais. 
So we've had to sort of modify temp the templating system. We're working on that a bit more now to expand it for both official language use cases. And so it's it's just been a lot of uh, tweaks here and there to the system and and re you know changing the UI to look more like Canada.ca than gov.uk. And by having this already in place, what has it allowed you to do? Has it allowed you to move quicker? Has it saved you hassle? How has it affected your work and your plan with the product? It definitely saved us um, hassle because we'd have to set that all up from scratch on our own. The email problem, the notification problem wasn't going to go away. And these Canadian departments were going to solve it uh, and were solving it by their own means. They were building up their own Outlook servers and email stuff. And, um, you know, that wasn't taking advantage of cloud at cost like Notify did. So having the software that you had spent three years building and, and already putting a lot of the settings and permissions and access and security and uh, tech in place really saved us the time of having to go through that on our own. And also I wanted to ask, so um, when I'll be playing this this edited clip back, um, I'll be with Pete. And I wondered if you had anything you wanted to say to him, any questions or any requests as the lead product manager for Notify? Um, thanks for all your help, I guess, you know, I, uh, it's working great for us. So I don't know if there's anything we need or any help specifically from Pete. The software is pretty complete in its solution for email and SMS. And so thanks for all your hard work, Pete. So was there anything in there that you were surprised by or hadn't realized? Uh, the so I'd, I'd, see, I'd seen actually most of that um, when we've shared with the team. So I, the one I didn't clock was the branding and the, the dual uh, language branding. I hadn't even thought about that one. So um, we, we, may, <laughs> we may steal that back. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's more than one official language in the UK as well. So that's really great to hear that. It, there was an interesting point, though, around the use of Notify uh, either via an API or or not. So again, that was one of our really early reckons when we started Notify was that not everyone's got a development team or development capacity or is high enough a priority in their organization to get the focus. And so we couldn't just make something that only worked work for API. And so everything you can do in Notify, you can do via the web interface as well. And the, the other bit, I guess, that is maybe even is overlooked a bit is that you get like three years worth of software development or whatever, but you also get three years worth of research. And we've we've done a lot, you know, we've always had a dedicated user researcher in the team. We've always done a huge amount uh, of user research, which you have to, you know, for something you, you're aspiring to make completely self-service, you have to do the user research, otherwise it's just never going to be. And so we've done loads with like developers, with finance people, with product teams, all the different types of people we see wanting to use Notify. I think what you get when you fork code or, or you know, even just take the patterns that, that another team has, has derived is you just save yourself years of user research. And, and again, at that point, you can then focus on what are the, the, like, the niche research requirements around working on Francaise, as he says, or whatever else it might be. So that along with the kind of the blogging that goes along the way that shows some of the thinking that goes into the product and some of the decisions that are taken. I mean, all of it just shows how, how sensible it is to be doing this stuff in the open. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, talking about doing stuff in the open and blogging leads me on quite nicely to my next uh, part. So I want to talk about um, Notify's most recent work um, on coronavirus, which you referenced at the top of the um, podcast. And two of our colleagues, Miriam Rains and Mark Butley, wrote a blog post about how government as a platform or gap services as a whole um, are helping with the COVID-19 response. Um, but to talk specifically about Notify, um, they're in the blog post, they're talking about this huge increase in numbers, like 2 million SMS messages were sent using Notify on a single day in March compared to the daily average of 150,000. I've also got a figure here of daily messages up as much as 600%, as high as 8.6 million a day. So what services are using Notify um, to help with the government's coronavirus response? Yeah, the, so the, the, the increase in communication uh, is obviously massive and needs to be. And one of the biggest users of Notify is the gov.uk email service. And they, they do all of the email for people who subscribe to any content uh, that the government publishes. So travel alerts, for example, if you want to know, can I take a flight to Namibia? Here's the guidance. Or if there's uh, hurricanes coming through the Caribbean and these countries are affected, then I need to like push out information to say, don't go to these places or whatever it might be. And those alerts are, you know, again, potentially protecting people, life and property, et cetera, that kind of stuff. They're like really important. And there's been a huge amount of travel uh, advice and alerts being given, um, as, as you can imagine. Um, so that's been one of the biggest users. Um, we've also seen, I mentioned earlier, like a, a huge amount of business continuity stuff. And we put a blog post out recently as well, just reminding, I guess, more than uh, than anything that all of the public sector could use Notify to provide emergency staff updates for changes to working patterns, et cetera, as a result of COVID-19. So there's definitely been a big uptick there. And then I think from the, from the health perspective, there's, I'll just say NHS because there's like various bits of the NHS uh, that are uh, working like ridiculously hard and fast um, to spin up new services really quickly. And these services are like just incredibly crucial right now. So the extremely vulnerable service, this is one where the government said, if you are, you know, in this extreme risk category, you should stay at home for 12 weeks. And they've been texting this, uh, this group of people, uh, there's all the stuff around testing and results for testing, ordering home test kits, all these sorts of things. So there's the very specific, um, COVID response type stuff. And that, that is, there is a significant volume of that that's still ongoing. There is business as usual to some degree actually still going on. So people are, you know, people are still having to renew passports or whatever it might be. Whilst the volumes are down, they're still happening. So we don't stop all the other messaging and just focus on this. We've, we've got all that to do as well. And this is, this is all additional. So on top, it all came very quickly as well. You know, this wasn't a gradual ramp up over weeks and weeks to five, six, seven hundred percent. It was it was almost overnight. And it's yeah, it's been a, a huge task to um to keep the platform stable. We had one outage as a result of this on the on St. Patrick's Day, which uh, obviously we were massively disappointed about. Like our resilience is like one of our, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves most on, but we just couldn't prepare for that kind of instantaneous ramp up. So we, we fixed that very quickly and, uh, you know, Notify itself has been very stable since. Um, but we're still continuing on the basis that like what we're seeing now, we're going to call that the new normal. And then we need to add again, 
um, capacity two or three times that again. So there's still a lot of work to be done. Teams still work incredibly hard. So they have been ever since, well, always, but um, particularly since uh, since Lockin began. And I believe I'm right in saying as well, the um, one billionth message was also a coronavirus one. That was for a notification sent by the coronavirus home testing service. Yes, that was, that was quite opportune. It's a good example of the type, the primary type of messaging that's going on with Notify at the moment. And, you know, those levels are still high. I think we had like seven and a half million again on Friday. So we're not getting any quieter um, we, and we don't, you know, we have to plan that we're not going to. And, and if we do get quieter, then okay, that's fine. But um, we, we can't sort of take our foot off at the moment. As you mentioned, one of the organisations using Notify a lot at the moment is the NHS and the various teams within the NHS. And we've got a clip from Darren Curry, who's the Chief Digital Officer at the NHS Business Services Authority about how and why his team are using Notify. Hi, I'm Darren Curry, um, the Chief Digital Officer for the NHS Business Services Authority, um, which is an organisation which um, processes a lot of um, nationwide um, transactions on behalf of the NHS, so both public facing and towards other um, clinical facing services. And you're quite a long-standing member of NHS BSA, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. So I've been at the NHS Business Services Authority for mm, roughly 17 years, 17, 18 years now. Um, uh, believe it or not, I, I joined originally as a data entry officer um, back in the day whilst I was doing my um, university degree for um, for pocket money effectively or beer money um, and appear for me through through university and I have enjoyed it so much and um, progressed in the organization to now be chief digital officer so it's been a, a good place to work. Um, and um, I know uh, that the NHS Business Service Authority has been doing lots of things in response to the coronavirus um, but what I'd like to talk to you about today is what you use gov.uk notify for. Yeah, so we use um, gov.uk notify um, on a number of our live services as we stand now. So we we issue um, exemption certificates or prepayment certificates for prescription forms, maternity exemptions, um, which we now issue digitally. Um, so we, we already use notify for those services in our our normal processing. Um, we, we first started around coronavirus with Notify on a, what was a relatively small service um, for informing um, individuals who were returning into the UK um, or who were being advised to isolate. So to provide advice during the seven days isolation period. And since then, our support has grown in the services. So we then... Um, utilise the Notify service to support provisioning information to patients who were identified of high risk should they contract um, coronavirus. So the, there's individuals um, who are, have been asked to shield during the outbreak in order to reduce the chances of them contracting the virus. Um, so we we text messaged all of those individuals over a seven. So we issued them with seven text messages, so one per day, providing advice and guidance on on what to do during the shielding period. That's that service has grown as as more people 
who have been identified as being vulnerable. So working with GP practices and um, NHS England and NHS Digital to identify more individuals who, who may be vulnerable should they contract um, coronavirus. That, that has grown and we've issued more text messages and information to those individuals. We've used Notify to provide test results for coronavirus, working with NHS Digital and other partners. We've used Notify to also provide advice and information for individuals who go through the 111 service in providing text messages and also emails for those services. Adding it all together over the last four weeks, I think we've issued around about 17 million text messages via Notify through the services that we are we are delivering. So it's um, it's scaling and it's growing very quickly. And so this is um the the information we're getting out there is obviously like it's really important. It's right. It's really important. It gets the right people. It's a, an emotional service. Like people are scared. Like your users are concerned. Um, so why did you pick Notify to use? this on, on these particular services? Yeah, so so I mean, Notify brings a lot of benefits. I, I think I should also say um, that we, we, in terms of building those messages as well, um, we worked with colleagues in um, behavioral insights teams within um, government, um, Public Health England, NHSX, content designers on all of those. And getting the content right was, was critical for these services. But you're absolutely right, the infrastructure to send those services those, those messages needed to be kind of stable and dependable and Notify does that. So it's, it is national infrastructure that we can, can leverage all of the benefits of that having already been built as a government platform that we can consume um, to, to use as a service really quickly, securely and safely and knowing that, that those messages will will be passed, you know. There's lots of benefits that the Notify service has, has brought us. So if, I mean, frankly, if we were having to do this without the Notify service, we wouldn't have been able to do it. So that we we would have been dependent upon tradi more traditional um, legacy contact methods, such as um, post um, to individuals to inform them on, on this scale. Um, we would have had to build a, a, a technology solution to meet this need. Um, we clearly didn't have to do that. We could leverage something that was already built for this purpose. Um, and, and this is the benefit of government as a platform that we can consume. You know, the first service we set up with, um, with Peter was um, done within an hour. You know, we, we were able to, from, from the request to us then being able to actually push text messages, it took less than an hour to, to go from for me to be on that. And, you know, without Notify, we would have been looking at days. Um, and, and in this situation of a, of a national pandemic, then time's obviously absolutely critical, you know, for, for people to be able to act upon the advice which has been provided. It's, it's, it's genuinely critical. Um, yeah, so, so Notify brings all of those benefits, secure, platform scalable to be able to deliver those messages um yeah and um can you tell me about some of the responses to these sms's yeah for the for the shielded patients list and the text messages we sent the first cohort when we sent those um we enabled individuals to reply 
and um, and some and we did some analysis on the replies to those to those messages and some of the some of the messages indicated that some of the replies that we received indicated the difference that the service was really having so you know the the replies from people um thanking just saying thank you for informing us and that, that, that they would follow the guidance and they maybe hadn't realized that they were in that high risk category beforehand in this instance you know we sent it out and we were able to see some of the replies and know that as a result of that action that, that was taken by sending that message out to an individual there was an action that that individual was then going to take and that action potentially more than potentially more than likely will result in a reduced risk of that individual um, being taken ill and consequences of that. So yeah, it, it, it really does bring home that and highlight the, the importance of some of these services and how they all join together. So um, NHS uh, Business Service Authority is obviously doing a lot of work. Um, you're working also with other organisations across government as well, aren't you? Yeah, so we're, we are working alongside our partner organisations, um, including so NHS England, NHS Improvement, um, NHS X, Department of Health and Social Care directly, Public Health England, um, the Behavioural Insights team, and GDS also, and NHS Digital um, have all, we've all collaborated and come together across on multiple different services that we are doing. Um, so it's been a real collaborative effort across the whole of the government family to get these services up and running. And had you did you find you had to because uh, obviously it's for use like in health services, but also it's used um, like in central government departments. Um, it's used by local authorities. It's used in prison services. Used by fire services. Um, like, did you find you had to adapt it at all to the health context, or was it all sort of ready to go for you? The great, one of the many great things about Notify is it works just out of the box. So from my development teams um, in the Business Services Authority, um, it's, a, it's a really easy integration point. So whether we're integrating using an API um, to push the, the messaging or whether we're doing batch uploads of CSVs or spreadsheets or whatever, it works for, for all of those things. I think the, the other thing as well to mention is, is that you know, Notify, it's a trusted service so we were able to work with the um, national cyber security center as well to, to ensure working with the notify team and ncsc to ensure that the messages we were sending were protected numbers so it was you know again just adding that that security to the whole service when you're doing critical services for people that, that we can make sure that they're trusted and they are known um, and protected um, if I'm playing this clip back to Pete, is there anything you want to ask him or anything you want the team to develop next? <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's a, re it's a really tough question because the, the Notify team, it's a, it's a fantastic service. Um, and I think rather than asking Pete to develop anything else, I think my encouragement to Pete and the team is to take that time to reflect on the things that this service has enabled in a time of a national crisis and the things that him and the team have been able to enable um, are awesome and it's easy to forget that. And 17 million messages to people who needed support that would not have been achieved will have genuinely saved lives and protected people.
wow <laughs> that's awesome seeing the value that has to them and understanding that you know without notify being in place that stuff just couldn't have happened or you know wouldn't have been remotely as as effective you know i, had, I maybe hadn't quite appreciated the, the extent of that so um yeah that's pretty mind-blowing yeah i think um what uh, darren says well is articulate how um this technology tool but how it translates to into people's lives yeah it makes it it makes it very real for sure and i, th I think you know we've talked a bit in the past about how we can't afford not to have these platforms in place and that, that was before a global pandemic right but and it's not, you know, Notify not the only platform in town. We've got publishing, you know, identity payments. So, but we need them. We can't afford to not have them. Um, yeah, now more than ever, I guess. I, I just want my team to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Pete, for coming on today. Welcome. And you can listen to all the episodes of the Government Digital Service podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And the transcripts are available on Podbean.